Hey everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we're joined by Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor, Certified Financial Planner here at World Alternative Media, and we have a lot to get into today because there seems to be more creaks and cracks in the banking system as we see this out of Zero Hedge. It says, and I quote, we scrambled and spoke with well over 100 banks. Not one will provide financing. And this is regarding this company that is you know, uh, financing to for construction, which I'll get into in a moment, but I wanted to point out something that's significant. You know, I've recently reported on this story. Uh, the video was called Crazy. They plan to ban all travel. Governments plan to ban meat and restrict movement. And in the UK's climate change uh, uh, report, government report, they said that by a certain period of time, around the same time as Agenda 2030 takes place, around the year 2030, they want to stop all construction of new buildings. Now, why on earth would they get rid of all construction of new buildings if there's a growing population? Well, they expect there to be a lower population by that period. That's their goal anyway. And to stop all construction of buildings, they'd be repurposing all the old buildings the way they want them to be. So this story sounds very similar to what we're witnessing with these climate accords that we're watching take place across the board, where they would make it so there's no reason for people to finance or for banks to finance buildings, building construction. With that said, they also want you in tiny homes and you will own nothing and you will be happy, which also plays into it and correlates. But with that said, there's also something else to this. It's also an, a, more evidence that the whole banking system is fractured and they're using that as an excuse also to get into the Great Reset. So with that, that said, I'm going to read this article real quickly here. As I said, it was called We Scrambled and Spoke with Well Over 100 Banks. Not one will provide financing. And this is an article by Eric Peters. It says, and I quote, credit started tightening six to nine months ago, said the developer, a close friend, entrepreneur with large residential products uh, projects across the nation. It started with the money center banks, he continued. This pushed us to regional banks for our latest projects. But then SVB happened. The market froze. And I quote, the lender for our latest 30-story project in a tier one city backed out. So we scrambled and we spoke with well over 100 banks. Not one will provide financing. His firm is a leader in the market, their market niche, a strong track record. And I quote, the Fed is going to have to inject liquidity and slash rates to break the financing uh, freeze on new construction. Not only have higher rates failed to push home prices down materially, but they are now reducing new supply. And I quote, and here's something I've never seen. When we start a new project, we take out a construction loan. We rush to find the project, start renting the apartments, repay the loan, and refinance at a lower rate. The new loans typically have less risk and thus a lower rate than the original construction loans, which are structured with three-year maturities, uh, plus an option to extend for two years. But now we have legacy construction loans with a 4% to 4.5% interest rate, and we'll extend those out for the full five-year term, even though the projects are complete. If we paid them back and refinanced with permanent debt, the rates would probably be 6.5% fixed with no prepay option or 8.5% to 9% floating. There's no way anyone is going to pay back those low-rate loans that were originated before the hiking cycle. 
This is a new dynamic for banks. Their low-rate loans are being extended at the same time their deposit base is shrinking. And I quote, we developed properties right through the 2008 cycle. What's unfolding now is something else. New construction is going to hit the wall. The dramatic pace of interest rate increases uh, have flipped everyone upside down, he said. Well-positioned, happy to sit on vacant lots. I can be patient. And again, this also seems to correlate with that climate agenda to get rid of new construction. And also, I wanted to uh, point to, and they're ban. We're talking a full ban on construction. We're already seeing them ban domestic flights in France and stuff like that. And interestingly, as they try to get um, you know cars off the road in Paris and ban uh, private cars ownership in many places, this out of zero hedge. It says. And remember, that's World Economic Forum right there. Ban private car purchases in the future. This is out of Zero Hedges says, I had to find out if this was true. It appears that the crisis facing auto dealerships is far more dire than any of us thought. And it points out that all this, all these big financing giants are out of the game suddenly. It says, last week, he came across a tweet that absolutely floored him. It was posted by a highly respected account known as Car Dealership Guy, and it contained some rather ominous news. Past 10 days have been wild. Capital One shut off all dealer floor plans, a.k.a. inventory lines of credit. That's huge. USA Auto Sales shut down 39 dealerships after losing its ally floor plan. Wells Fargo laid off all of uh, all of its junior auto loan underwrites and capped future loans. That's insanity. So he said he started digging around and discovered that Capital One had indeed decided to completely get out of the floor plan financing business. My friends, this is absolutely madness because we are witnessing something that we haven't even seen to any near extent back in 2007, 2008. And it seems to indicate a move away from private ownership. It looks like it, it indicates, um, you know, this debt crisis that we has been piling on top and on top and on top for quite some time. And a lot of people just not wanting to go and get loans for things that they can't afford anymore, especially with these insane interest rates. So we're going to get to Tim right away. Again, he is the Liberty Advisor. If you want to become a client of his, I urge people to go and check out the bit.ly link in the description and you could become a, a client of him if you are in the United States. And of course, um, you get a free initial consultation, a free portfolio review if you book with him today over at that bit.ly link. And also, as always, I urge people to check out heavensharvest.com for long-term storable food. That's non-GMO, heirloom seeds, water filtration and storage, and books on how to get started. Use code WAM, W-A-M, and get free shipping on much of these products in the U.S., even if you don't qualify. I still urge you to do that. Again, this could save yours and your family's life. One of the best currencies you could find out there is food and survival. This is your chance to get around the Great Reset. Today, not tomorrow, we have fully organic kits and everything. Stock your shelves before they stop stocking the shelves at the grocery store. Get prepared today, my friend. So anyway, let's get into this. Finally, after all of that, Tim, we're going to go to you. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is absolute madness. From um, building construction to the push by the World Economic Forum to ban building construction. um, And now they're not giving out loans in a lot of places to them trying to ban private ownership of cars. And now suddenly banks and all these big auto lenders are not, you know, getting not giving people loans. I mean, what is happening? What on earth is happening? Wow, I think seven and a half minutes. It might be a new record for, <laughs> for, for an intro. <laughs> Got to read the article. Got to give it the context. What, what do you think? Well, it mainly indicates that the credit markets are freezing up everywhere. And if you zoom things out at a big enough level, ultimately, uh, bank lend off deposits. And so when you have bank deposits going down, and we do have from the Fred 
economic database, the Federal Reserve economic database, uh, there's deposits from all commercial banks. I'm not sure if you can pull up uh, that chart over there. But as we see, uh, you know, it's pretty much typically always sort of just goes in a you know, straight up, up into the right line. But then as we start seeing what's going on right now, uh, if you can zoom in a little bit to uh, more recently, is we actually have credit starting to, uh, starting to not this isn't the credit, but this is your deposits at commercial banks are going down. So if deposits are going down, that's less assets that the banks can then lend off of because we are in this fractional reserve lending scenario. So there you see that Josh pulled up on the screen that these are the assets at the, at the banks, including the big banks too, are going down. And then if we also go over to uh, the M3 money data supply from the Federal Reserve Economic Database, what you can see is that now there's been a couple times where it's gone down a tiny bit. And basically, when you take a look at, you know, we take a look at this graph right here. I mean, there's you can almost see no discernible amounts of it going down at all until we get up to, uh, I believe it was March of 20, 2022. So last year, which is also when the Federal Reserve uh, started raising rates as well. But you see that the M3, that's the total money supply is actually going down. And so when you have the money supply going down, uh, ultimately, all of the loans, uh, when, you, when you take a 100,000 foot view level, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve is going to be like the Mac Daddy, you know, king bank of all the banks. But then you take a look at all the banks, as we already saw, they're bleeding out assets as well. So that's less uh, loans that they can then generate off their books of business because there's actually less uh, debt in the system. But this also gets into the greater overarching problem is that the entire system is based off of debt. And so if you have a system based off of debt, you have to have more credit creation and, and you know credit growth going into the system or else the whole system implodes. That's the only thing that, that makes all these plates keep spinning in the entire economy is the ability to produce more loans. And so right now the banks have a lot of unrealized losses in the forms of well, they have mortgage-backed securities on their books. They have uh, treasuries on their books, which are normally considered safe. And we've been talking about since the very beginning. The first podcast I ever did was on was talking about this subject in 2016. What would happen the day when ultimately the Fed was forced to raise rates, not because they wanted to, because they had to to tame inflation. And then because what happens is when rates go up, the underlying values of bonds go down. And so we always knew they're going to be stuck in this rock in the hard place. But now we're actually at that day where that's actually occurring. So when you're in this spot where all these big banks have all these lo all these loans that have just massive amounts of unrealized losses on their books, they're in, uh, you know, basically triage mode of trying to see what they can muster up and see what, what savings they can scrounge together in order to meet ongoing liquidity. And so they're willing to turn down big deals, like Josh mentioned at first, where there was what, a, one well-known company that went to over 100 different lenders and couldn't get any financing. And it is in the weird spot now where typically when you take out a construction loan, it's going to be at a higher interest rate. But now they took out those loans and then the interest rates you know, shot way the hell up. And now their legacy loans that are construction loans are actually better. And now they can't even go and get the other refinancing. You know, There's obviously lots of uh, overarching reasons why, but ultimately the banks are bleeding out cash. They're sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars of unrealized losses that they have to hold on to maturity. But in the meantime, they begin the lifeline from the Federal Reserve through their BTFP program, their bank term financing program, where they were able to exchange their bonds that are worth less and get 100 cents on the dollar as a loan. Now, I imagine when those loans come due in a year, uh, I don't think it's really too much of a prognostication to muster up that they're probably going to extend it out for another year. So that way they can keep this whole carousel going. But it ultimately, ultimately, and I hate saying like we need, 
because ultimately the, the answer to everything is to have decentralized solutions where we don't even right. have a national currency or we're not, you know, basically have a, have a gun held up to our head. Yeah, decentralized, uh, you know, uh, competing currencies, stuff like that, that could really benefit us, obviously. And it is frustrating to just know that we have so many of these answers, knowing that you and I have been talking about these solutions before we even knew each other. And now here we are in 2023 and people are still like, oh, we need to go do this or go do that. Like, no, Everyone just lets that crack in the dam just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and they just keep shrugging it off like oh, it'll go away let's put some bubble gum in it i mean seriously i really do feel like it's like national event lampoons uh vegas vacation where they go to the hoover dam and the the thing's cracking and he just puts bubble gum in it and hopes that that holds it and it springs a huge leak and everyone just kind of shrugs it off but like that's the reality we're in right now economically and this could have long-standing impacts that could really destroy a lot of people's lives and tim i wanted to kind of ask a little bit about the idea of you know this leading to that you will own nothing you will be happy kind of scenario because it seems like if people can't get financing if people can't buy homes if people can't buy cars if people are stuck in this kind of scenario and on top of that the inflationary uh, problems the banking crisis as it is the liquidity issues all that they want everyone to be runners they want yeah. everyone to be poor they want everyone because when you're poor and you're dependent then you're dependent on big daddy government to come in with all the answers to quote unquote save you right. but the government that has the power to give you everything also has the power to take it away i can't remember which founding father said that either thomas jefferson or uh or uh, Benjamin Franklin, yeah. but you know that is the situation right now. Is that they've we, this is a cost of living crisis that is only now just uh, beginning to see what is actually going on. But just imagine how much worse it's going to get when uh, Taiwan and China decide to get into a war, and then all of a sudden, you know, we can't even get goods coming from China because they decide to have some sort of economic blockade. And some of you might say, "Oh, well, they would never do this," uh, but you know, it's it's about. You know, the 5D chess of ultimately bringing down the dollar. But in order to bring down the dollar, you're going to have to bring down the United States. And a good way of doing that is to have our cost of living going through the roof. Because ultimately, yeah. what does the U.S. export? We mainly export debt. Well, besides weapon and Hollywood propaganda, it's mainly exporting debt. And so if you're uh, you know, a Chinese peasant or you're the Chinese uh, government, for the most part, you're sending real goods. It might be crap for the most part, but you're sending real goods to the United States and we're sending you IOUs. And so right now with the U.S. being 5% of the world's population, 95% of the world does not benefit from this economic arrangement. And a lot of the world are pretty smart. And so they've realized, you know, we're just going to give the U.S. enough rope to hang itself. It's dangerous for any one of these countries to come out, you know, in and of itself and try doing this. I mean, just ask Gaddafi or go ask Saddam Hussein or go ask, you know, a long uh, laundry yeah. list of people who have tried this stuff in the past. But if they all can come together as one, then, you know, obviously the U.S. can't go around and try to knock off all these major uh, currencies. But the U.S. doesn't need to do anything. Other countries don't need to do anything. The U.S. has so much debt, so over-indebted, and really the ability to issue more debt is what keeps everything going. And so we're seeing a credit contraction right now, a credit freezing, where I've seen my own, I've seen some of my own credit lines actually taken away just, uh, you know, two weeks ago when I was out on a trip and saw, oh, you know, thanks uh, American Express for having, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of credit just, you know, cut for me. But you know, I imagine that's a microcosm of a lot of people all around the country of having these banks are like, hey, we don't want uh, these guys over here using the credit because maybe they can't pay it back. And so just as, you know, one foul swoop, you know, these banks are going through and cutting lines of credit. And typically this hundred, uh, 
this major uh, home builder that, that you were referencing in the beginning, uh, you know, that would be just a major profit center for one of these banks, and they would probably be fighting over getting a deal like this. And now, and it's interesting that they didn't. Yeah, want what happened the deal. to second chance loans or third chance loans? Or they wanted the deal when they weren't getting paid anything on interest, yeah. but now that they are getting paid something on interest, now they don't want the deal. But yeah. it's all because. You know, you fix something. I say fix an air quotes. You fix something over here. You mess up something over there. And so they, you know, you plug up this hole over here, and the, the other hole over there gets even bigger. So they wanted to, you know, they had to keep rates low in order mm-hmm. to, you know, reinflate the housing bubble, reinflate all these other asset bubbles, the everything bubble. But then ultimately, when inflation got out of control, they had to raise rates. Except now that has its own unintended consequences. Except we always knew these were going to be the consequences, which is why I've probably been on video over a hundred times the past ten years talking about interest rate risk talking about what ultimately would go on and so if yeah. your financial advisor you know put you in a bunch of bonds especially long-term bonds intermediate term bonds even you know five-year bonds and up uh you know you saw your account values get absolutely shellacked even people who are you know in the quote unquote you know safe stuff in their retirement the safe stuff lost more money than a lot of the more risky assets i mean notwithstanding bitcoin but the you know a lot of the safer assets is what you know caused people's portfolios to lose money last year but this was a you know, it's one thing you learn, you lose 30% in cryptocurrencies. They go up, they go down as volatile. That's just the nature of the beast. But if you lose 30, 40% in a bond, I mean, you've got to wait until all the horses have already left the barn before you start getting your money back. So right now what we're seeing, Josh, is this a complete, uh, you know, contraction of credit that all has to do with the unrealized losses that is stemming from inflation being out of control right. and then needing to rein in inflation, except, you know, ultimately when, you know, Taiwan, China, that kicks off. Some other stuff that could kick off. Mm-hmm. They need to blame it on some other boogeyman. They can't yeah. just blame it on. Oh, sorry, we created the you know the slave grade in 1913 that eventually was going to come due. It's coming due now. Oopsies. No, well, you got to have a, a boogeyman. Yeah, and if you have China, you know, obviously hand in hand with Russia, and th- you see all these sanctions on Russia, and people think that we won't see you know export well importing sanctions on the United States from China. I think people are in are sadly mistaken. It, this isn't even about money, really. This is about control. It, and, you know, it, they can utilize money to gain control. Yeah, China doesn't care if they lose money. Yeah, they, 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 they print more than, I think, any country in the world, pretty much, without somehow reaching hyperinflation. And there's a lot of tactics to that we could go into in another video. But uh, they're very competitive. And it's because the whole world just put them on, uh, on a pedestal and gave them all the trading allowances you could possibly imagine and look the other way with slave labor and all that kind of stuff and, you know, communism and, and they need a war. They need a war to get them out of their terrible demographics. They are at the apex of their civilization right now. And yeah. so they need an excuse. They need something to, uh, you know, basically have a boogeyman out there as well. And so th- this is a very complicated game where it's not like just one thing is happening in a vacuum because China right now is at the apex of their civilization. A lot of people are touting them up. But right now, I mean, with their one child policy that, you know, ended but now people aren't having children over there anyways uh you know they have a demographics where they have a a very old population not a lot of younger people coming in same thing with the u.s right now where the u.s has uh you know very few young people to pay for a lot of old people and so you know call me conspiracy theorist but maybe that's why some of the pandemic happened to get rid of the older people well it really is and i mean the social security system plays into that and that's a whole other subject that we've gone into before but you know and by the way uh i made sure for those annoyed that it took seven and a half minutes for tim to talk at the beginning of this video i made sure that now he's spoken 56 percent more than i have so we've got we've got the even ground here but uh no but i mean seriously there's so much context to this and you know if i read every single article out there right now regarding this exact same subject matter it would take me 
like days and days and days because there's so many stories like this happening. And, you know, I, I remember it was already hard to deal with financing a couple years ago, even with lower interest rates than we have right now. And they, there's always stupid rules. It was always a stupid system, um, you know, dealing with uh, credit ratings and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was always difficult for people to get started on their first home and all that kind of stuff. But now it's it's at like a, a breaking point where we we see the housing market collapsing. We see a huge shortfall there. We see, you know, all these sudden moves on Zillow. If you look at Zillow at all, you'll see the price of homes just absolutely dipping like uh, off of off of cliff, essentially. A lot of and, those are sometimes the like the like the open door and the red fins. But like the when it comes to like actual more traditional type sales, we haven't seen as much of that cliff because people don't want to trade in their 2.8, 3% mortgage to get a 7% mortgage right now. And so there's not that big supply. And then also piggybacking off with, with your story about the new construction. Well, if you're not having new construction because these con- con- you know, uh, construction companies can't get the loans, well, then that's going to be less supply on there. So we haven't seen that major, you know, contraction like we saw in 2008 in the real estate market we have in terms of like sales and uh activity we've, we've certainly seen that but not in the actual price because people right. don't want to trade in their mortgage and then also the uh, the actual just raw ma- uh, cost of those materials to build a home are through the roof right now too i mean every single component that you need to buy a home uh except for like furnishing with tvs besides that everything is basically has exploded in value and so yep. Uh, but you know, it's all part of this agenda of making people poor and making this whole renting economy. Like, how is a Gen Z or even most millennials supposed to go out and try to buy a home right now, unless it's in some you know mobile home park or something? I mean, everything is just through absolutely through the roof. Even at uh, the mobile home parks, I'm looking at some of the prices around there. Unless you're in like Methville, and it's like it's insanity. It's insanity. And I it, saw it, one that wasn't too far away from what I'd call Methville, and it was basically a trailer home, and it was for like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, just you know, not super far away. Oh, from well, here. I mean, like I'm going to New York City in a couple of days and, uh, you know, a great example of like they're, they're building the pencil uh, buildings where they're basically like super skinny and super tall, 100 and something stories. And they're all around Central Park and they're making use of this tiny piece of land because they they don't have a lot of land to build on in New York City anymore. So they just build really high and then they rent out apartments that are like five foot nine ceilings and they are you know, for a studio with a little cubby for the bed in it. And the, it's like one little square room. And we're talking like, it, because of prime real estate, it's the middle of New York City. We're talking like 5000 to $6,000 a month for the smallest apartments in the in, in, in these uh, buildings. And how does anyone afford that? And I always ask myself, how are people living in New York City? How are people living in LA? How are people living in any of these places when, you know, they, they did the fight for 15 thing a few years ago. And I remember I laughed it because it was so absurd. These people were so ignorant about how inflation works. So they would say, fight for 15. We want $15 an hour wage. And then they, uh, I tried to explain, well, you could, they, you could raise it to $1,000 an hour. You're still going to be paying like uh, the amount of, or the amount of the quantity of money away that you were before. It, was, it wouldn't change anything really. It might actually make it worse. Obviously, it probably would. But now they actually have $15 an hour wages all, all across the board and people are striking and, and protesting over just a few years or after, are, or robots are taking their job because robots aren't asking for price increases. Robots yeah. are calling in sick. Yeah, and that's robots a goal. It's transhumanism. And, you. I mean, well, it's a war against humanity. So there's going to be transhumanism. There's going to be robots. There's going to be all this kind of stuff we see. And uh, I saw a video that went viral today on Twitter uh, showing that uh, you know this Chinese woman beating the hell out of a of of a, a robot in the lobby of a hospital. 
because people in emergency conditions go into the hospital and there's like two nurses on duty and everything is just robots and they have to talk to robots. It's super frustrating. And this woman just destroyed her social credit score because she took a baseball bat and just started destroying this thing. Remember, when they are cutting down the construction of new buildings, they're, they're cutting down on um, you know the use of cars on, on roads, private cars on roads. They're cutting down com- combustible engines and they have cars that they could remote control and all that kind of stuff. Call me a conspiracy theorist again, but all this stuff is happening right now. Michael Hastings. Yeah, Michael Hastings. Yeah, uh, Princess Diana. Uh, probably um, a good example is uh, uh, Anne Hesch earlier last year. And, you know, the thing is, we see all this stuff happening at the same time, and we see all these climate policies coming in. We see the attack on the, the grid, the supply chain, the housing market, the economy, all at the same time simultaneously, and then they bring in 15-minute cities. They're already integrating carbon credit scores on most banking apps. No, they're not enforcing it. They're on there. And a lot of you right now could actually check your carbon uh, footprint on your banking apps and they have UK nudge units in, involved in all this where they are actually they're using people like Suzanne Mitchie who was involved in the COVID hoax and uh, propagating that throughout the UK she's now the one running the propaganda for this uh, you know these carbon credits on your banking app and now we have of course a recent executive order in the United States for uh, social justice credit scores which Biden signed in a couple days ago it's pretty abundantly obvious where we're going and people that are still a lower mortgage rate if you have a worse credit so if you have like below a 620 which you have below 620 you're not getting a home anyway so i don't know really what that's just uh you know putting it out there but most yeah i mean what an upside down world that we live in that now you get a lower mortgage rate if you have a worse credit score uh not enough has to do with uh you know if you're a minority one of those uh Mm. you know oppressed groups if maybe you get even more i mean you mean white people uh, probably anything but white people. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Well, but like, seriously, you know, I, I think at this point it's clear that we're in clown world and we, we're reaching the end of the line. And that means there's going to be a big crash. And after the crash, there's going to be opportunists, the people that cause a the crash. They'll come in with their solutions. And when that goes down eventually, and it will, uh, as the Tower of Babel eventually falls, then we have an opportunity. But it all starts today with what we do today. And a lot of people that are worried about a lot of this kind of stuff and the debt crisis and and the loan, uh, you know, there's going to be some kind of savings and loans crisis. I urge people to go and check those links in the description as, again, facing down the Great Reset and the biggest financial move in history, which is central bank digital currencies and the way they'll be able to control us in every way, shape, and form, I urge people to go and check those links in the description. Become a client of Tim's at thelibertyadvisor.com or go and check out that bit.ly link, which is even better because if you go there, you get a free initial consultation, a free portfolio review with Tim. So uh, go sign up today if you're in the United States, of course. Yeah, we're, not, we're not at the end game right now. Like It's not like, oh, it's already all this stuff has already happened. Like, no, this, so is close. Yet, this is a lead this up. Has yet to happen. And it could be tomorrow. It could be three years from now. It could be two years. It could be five years. We don't know. But the, it's better to be you know, two years too early on this and even one second too late. And a lot of what worked the past two years in the lead up to this Great Reset versus what's going to work after the Great Reset are going to be two different things. And so you know, there are some of the quote unquote safer assets but ultimately, you keep all your money in the safe assets, you're going to go broke safely. And I've been coining that term since 2000 and actually right after the 2008 crash is when I came up with that. But a lot of people are going to go broke safely during yeah. all this because you're going to, you have $250,000 in the bank. You have $300,000 in investments. Yeah, you might still have get your money back if you keep it really safe, but you're going to have no more purchasing power. Yeah. So ultimately, it's going to be a purchasing power 
cost, not all, we already, we already in a cost of living crisis, but the cost of living crisis is going to be even more exacerbated. And it's going to be even more exacerbated by the people who are completely left behind when a lot of the financial assets, not counting the debt, go through the roof because we're in Zimbabwe. And actually I did read that Zimbabwe is now looking into a gold backed <laughs> digital currency. Yeah. <laughs> Which so even, yeah, so if we're going to wish come, that we were in Zimbabwe dollars at the right thing. We've come fight. a long way. We've come a long way, haven't we? But, you know, we all know all roads lead to Rome, and we have to get prepared for that. And whether it happens today or it happens tomorrow, the point is we're going in that direction and very fast. And as things move closer to that end point, that is when things start getting exacerbated at a faster rate. So we're going to see things just absolutely explode over the coming months and couple years. Though I do think that in the next year... We're going to face a, a crisis that I don't think a lot of people are ready for. And most of that's involved in the oil shortage. There's a, a massive cut on production of oil on top of the oil shortage, on top of the climate policies, on top of all these things, on top of the diesel shortage and the food shortage. So with that said, we are going to be witnessing a major change of the guard from the Saudis to the Chinese and the BRIC system to the cashless society to crazy laws that you could have never imagined would actually affect us. And they are being put in place. They're being written today. And the Restrict Act has a, a big place in that. And when we're seeing strange, strange Twilight Zone level things like them not giving loans to major companies that have great credit, well... We're almost there. So again, if you want to become a client of Tim's, go and check out that link, the bit.ly link. And of course, uh, you get a free initial consultation. And as always, one of the number one ways to protect yourself in the future is food. It's the world's first currency, and they don't want you to have any of it unless it's bugs, of course, or unless it's mRNA meat in a food ration line based on carbon credits that's attached to the central bank digital currencies. I urge you to go and check out HeavensHarvest.com and use code WAM, W-A-M, to get uh, organic as well as non-GMO and, and uh, you know, storable foods of that kind. And, of course, you have all these kits available. And uh, I mean, remember, if you want to get three months, which experts say you need at least three months of storable food in a supply chain crisis, um, it's $551. How much are you paying for, uh, you know, food in three months for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, probably a lot more than $551. So contemplate versus inflation today, it's doing good versus inflation later, it's life-saving. So go and check that out. If you get the combo kits, it costs a couple thousand dollars, but you have all that plus all the water filtration storage seeds that uh, the heirloom seeds that will keep you alive for years to come. This could save your life and save your family's life. So again, don't wait until it's too late. Use code WAM, W-A-M, and you get free shipping on much of these products in the U.S. And even if you don't uh, qualify for the free shipping, I still urge you to use code WAM. This could um, really save your life. And again, um, don't wait until the shelves are empty. It's better to be overly prepared than underprepared. And we have a responsibility on our shoulder and doubt upon us by God to actually do something about these very real problems going forward. Anyway, we also have a Lion Energy link in the description. And we have whamsurvival.com for long-term survival foods as well. Save a bunch of money if you go through us on there. Just a lot of solutions. And one more thing, of course, we have rncstore.com, Richardson Nutritional Center, your source for Laetrile Online. Made famous by G. Edward Griffin's book, World Without Cancer. Get your apricot seeds, Laetrile, amygdalin, and vitamin B17 there. We just talked with uh, John Richardson, uh, the doc Dr. John Richardson's son, uh, John Richardson Jr. recently 
on our program talking about the potential cure for cancer. And this is a very important subject matter going forward when we're being poisoned. All part of the same agenda, all part of the same puzzle. Is World War III, the economy, housing, supply chain, energy grid, little boys wearing dresses and the eugenics operations, all part of the same story at the end of the day and we need to be prepared today. So go and check that out in the description. My friends, we have solutions. We want to mobilize people for the future. Let's not be tardy. Let's not sit on our hands. Let's stand up and do something about it because it comes down to you before anyone else. Not voting for someone, not waiting for someone to come and save you. It starts with you and only you can decide the fate of yourself going forward because we're endowed by God with these responsibilities. We have to still take these responsibilities seriously. That is a basis of humanity itself and that's what they're after. So anyway, uh, check those links in the description. We have ways that you can help support us. Go get funding.com, Patreon, subscribe, start. We have a Bitcoin address. We have a Cointree link with a bunch of different cryptocurrencies that you could donate in if you please. Uh, we are viewer funded, so I truly appreciate it. I'm going to New York City in a few days and then I'm going to England and then I'm hoping to report on a bunch of protests in France and all these green energy uh, protests and of course the 15 minute cities and report on the ground in a 15 minute city so if you want to help support us i spend every cent i have and I make nothing off of these trips it doesn't really benefit me that much to actually go and do these things but it benefits the truth so if you want to help support go and check those links for ways to support in the description we also have an epic fund me campaign where you can donate an epic cash to privacy coin we have um, a teespring store with merchandise that helps support us we have a rockfin channel world alternative media we have a newsletter www.imband.com takes two seconds to sign up with your email and we are on well tim's on telegram at the liberty well it's actually liberty advisor official chat there is so, a liberty advisor and then there's liberty advisor official chat so liberty advisor will be just the stuff coming from me the other stuff will be you know more uh, crowdsourced but there's only yeah. 100 people on it and every day i'm putting out good stuff on yeah there, and we so. mention it all the time to audiences of sometimes hundreds uh, a hundred a couple hundred thousand people and it, like no one joins the chat so Go and check those out. Liberty Advisor, Liberty Advisor official chat on Telegram. Um, we're on Telegram, World Alternative Media. We're on Bandaw Video, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon at World Alternative Media. We're on Hive, Steemit, and Vigilante.tv at, at Josh Sigurdsson. We got a YouTube channel actually called Ancient Wonders that I'm trying to get people to go and subscribe to because someone just stole my name and has more subscribers than me. So go help me out. It's the one with my face on it. You'll see my face. My beautiful face as a profile image for that. It's not the one with the pyramid. So make sure to go check that out. Um, Ancient Wonders on YouTube. And, of course, we're on the rest of the bad guys. TikTok and Instagram, World Alternative Media, Twitter and Getter at at World Alt Media. And all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And it looks like he might be reading off something. But I can vouch that he is doing all this off his head. That there is just, yeah, his computer screen is uh, just a heaven's harvest right now. But there's nothing on it. So when he's rattling off all this stuff all the time, he's not actually looking at anything oh, so i know well, i've done it enough times man it's uh, i could i could be thinking about you know swimming in a probably about half the audience wall. half the audience could probably Talkers. rattle off too now so. yeah probably yeah <laughs> yeah well and hit that like button hit, uh, hit the notification bell hit the subscribe button if you haven't already share on social media and as always my friends get prepared live by example live freely i appreciate everyone watching and until next time, make sure to check those links below. This is Josh Searson and Tim Pachote signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change.